We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945. We are breaking down all aspects of Yankee baseball. This is the Bronx Pinstripe Show with your hosts, Andrew Rotondi and Scott Reinen. Let's go. What is up, everybody? Welcome to the Bronx Pinstripe Show. We're brought to you today by Game Time. Game Time is the easiest way to buy tickets to sporting events, concerts, comedy shows, or whatever else you want to go to for a limited time through October only so do not hesitate on this deal you can get $20 off your first purchase by downloading the game time app creating an account and using promo code bronx we'll tell you more about game time in a little bit scott what are your thoughts on bringing in an outside company that makes um chicken and we just analyze how they um how they do things and then we apply that to our own podcast operations that makes chicken mm, yeah chicken per chicken day. not a what about what about like a, a, a note taking company like how how, how they take notes yeah how they uh, you know set up a rundown and yeah. just see how they do things yeah and then apply it. apply it or self evaluate self evaluate yeah yeah no it's a it's a it's a worthy cause it's a worthy cause for some organizations the New York Yankees uh, I don't I don't know how much I uh, how much stock I put into it but apparently yeah this is uh, this is news it's a little bit. I know it's been out for a bit, but we haven't really talked about it much. Kind of hood- hoodwinked, I think, into into what the uh, accountability piece was on the New we York talked Yankees. To, we talked about it when Steinbrenner said it, and we all thought that what the Yankees are going to be doing- and We haven't talked about being bamboozled. Right, well, what we thought was happening, which everyone thought it was happening, is the Yankees are hiring an outside firm to audit their operations and saying, like, you guys are doing this well, you're not doing this well, like, maybe it's time to make a change. And we we're like, great. Changing process is a good start for this team. But actually, what the Yankees are doing from an article that Andy Martino posted, clarifying misperceptions about the Yankees, quote, audit, they are not having an outside company audit them. They are bringing in an outside analytics firm, and the Yankees are auditing that company to then compare how that company does things 
to how the Yankees do things internally. It's a reverse audit. It's a reverse. It's an audit of the audit. It's a it's it's an audit of how other people they're, they're do auditing things. the auditors. Yeah, which is you know it's one of those things like you're doing it yourself, right? Can't really get in too much trouble if you audit yourself. You can really control the the uh, the strings on that one. It's also really interesting too because um, we have some pretty good information about who the, these audit auditors are. It's hard. It's hard to say. Auditors. We know the group. We we, we got some information about this. Um, that that it's it's actually a a company that works uh, primarily right with with the Premier League with uh, with football soccer and and really is is uh, has a a lot of knowledge in analytics period and process of analytics period but not necessarily baseball. So good friend of the podcast DM'd me a couple of days ago saying that the analytics firm that the Yankees are speaking with is Michael Edwards's company called Ludonautics. And this is a company, uh, Michael Edwards, like you said, worked in the Premier League for Liverpool and for Tottenham. Uh, Ian Graham is also associated with this company. And they start. They, there's an article in The Athletic dated September 7th of this year, not talking about anything to do with the Yankees, only talking about this company that is being established. And they're an analytics firm. And what these guys did in the Premier League was the same thing that we've seen happen in Major League Baseball, football, NFL, every professional sport is using data and using analytics to make decisions for rosters, for in-game decisions, and, and just how analytics have taken over sports and you know especially baseball. And these guys did it with the Premier League in the early 2010s. And so they now have this company. I'm sure they consult for not just sports teams, but all, all different organizations. And what the Yankees are going to be doing is evaluating this company to compare how this analytics company <laughs> how does their things. Approach, it's how so they stupid. approach. Yeah. It's so stupid. So then the Yankees can then say, Allow myself. To I don't know. I'm confusing, my, I'm confusing myself on what is actually happening here. Basically, what's happening is nothing. A bunch, a bunch of ball washing is happening in the Yankees front office this offseason. The Yankees are bringing in an, a separate company to understand how they do their analytics and then compare how that company does analytics and and how they utilize Ugh. it to how the the Yankees do it. So it is a self audit on yeah. on their own process by comparing it to another analytics process that is primarily used for soccer. Okay. So, you know, we talked about this before hitting, hitting record, and this is one of those things. And something you just said to me, or you just said out loud is exactly in my estimation, the issue you said the analytics company uh, or baseball and sports are using analytics to make decisions. And the problem with that statement is that it's too definitive. What what should have been the statement is that baseball and sports are using analytics to help make decisions, and unfortunately, that is 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 part of the problem with the Yankees is that they have gone too far. They've they've they they went too far course correction with analytics and went too deep and and forgot what baseball was, and and now they are looking at how other people are doing it. And maybe there's a piece of this. Maybe analytics companies are saying, this is how we use data to then plug into the actual sport and and, su and supportive data of 
you know, things that are fundamental to the sport, fundamental strategies, fundamental uh, process that that have been tried and true forever, and how they are complementary or can uh, you know can fact check or give you an adverse opinion or or whatever. It's a it's a a, a truth teller, and and then you use that data to analyze, not just do the data all, all over again. If that's the case, we might as well just get AI to run the Yankees. No, why not? I think and so. There's a lot to unpack here. <sighs> Analytics obviously got popular with Billy Bean and the Moneyball thing, like dating 20, 25 years ago. And we've seen organizations have a lot of success that are analytically driven. The Athletics back in those days, the the Rays more recently, and, and some other small market teams. And people think, oh, well, the Rays are winning games. They're they're competing for division titles and they have no big name expensive talent on their roster and they don't spend any money in free agency. So they must know the right way to win baseball games. And the reason that the Rays, I'm just picking on them, have made all their decisions analytically driven is because they have to. They can't go out and spend in free agency like some other teams can. So they are left with, how do we find talented players that we can afford, that other teams might not value, and how do we win games that way? But the Rays have also not won a World Series. They got bounced again in the playoffs this year without winning a game. And then other teams that don't have the constraints that the Rays do, like the Yankees, have decided we're going to run our business like the Rays and only focus on analytics, when in reality, they have the luxury of doing both. They can use analytics to make decisions. They can use their financial non wherewithal. their financial wherewithal to, to bring in players and, and make the roster the best that they can. Um, and like you said, they, they went too far in one direction and not, uh, not using it, a blended analysis to, to make good decisions. And, I do think that the Yankees, just like every analytics company, is going to look at this and say, it doesn't matter if you're making decisions for soccer or baseball or a chicken company. Whatever the data says to do, we're going to do. Like I was saying before we press record, oh, this player's expected weighted on base average is 360. Not even looking at what's his actual on base. It could be 290. 290 on base isn't a good player. But the Yankees would tell you, or analytics people would tell you, expected weighted on base, 360. He's a good player. He's he going be to a be a good player. He's going to be a good player. He's getting yeah. unlucky. Right. And while that could be true, and that it, I'm not saying you should disregard that player because his on base is only 290, you shouldn't say he's definitely going to be a good player and we're going to put all our eggs in this guy's basket because it, his expected numbers say one thing. And then you get in the real games and he does not perform. Or you get in a real situation and he can't move a runner over. Yeah, maybe he's unlucky for a reason. Maybe it's actually not luck. Maybe they're, the opponent is playing him differently. Maybe they're pitching him differently because of, 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 of a particular thing. There's a, there's a number of things that go into that. And so what's interesting is that uh, and this goes back to, you know, the comments that we've been hearing towards the end of the season. Judge made them, um, and you know, they've been they've been talked about quite a bit. Is maybe we're looking at and using the wrong numbers. Maybe maybe they're they're putting too much emphasis in in numbers that actually shouldn't mean as much. And when you're going to an analytics company that is just, you know, experts in in data and how to 
how to uh, use that data for a particular purpose, they still need guidance on what's important, right? Like if you go into a business as a consultant, you have to understand what the goals are, where where you currently are, what you're what you're currently looking at, and then and then you know take a uh, take a gander at the marketplace and understand what other teams are doing and what's working. So if you don't know those nuanced uh, pieces within a particular sport in this case, then I think it's very difficult to apply those. And if we're just using the Yankees as the guidance for that, well, then you know we're running in circles because they're clearly not looking at the, the at the right thing. And I and I think part of this goes back a little bit. I think that the Yankees have understood this when they brought in um, Omar Minaya last year. They brought in the guy from the Giants, forget his name, uh, as as executives to look at things a little differently. So it's not like. I do think the Yankees saw that they they needed to make some changes. They just didn't know how to do it. And by bringing in some top level guys, like that was maybe just a, a first step, or just at least get some additional voices in the room. And now it's focused on analytics. But they they better have the right people in place who are focusing the data points in the right direction. Because if they don't, if that's awry, you know, again, you get back to a point where you maybe you're looking at the wrong things and emphasizing the wrong things, and then you you're building a strategy on the wrong data points. I forget where this was discussed, if it was a book or an article or something fairly recently that the analytics department under Cashman since like 2016 went from like one person to 10 people to yeah. over 40 people basically right. overnight. Yeah. And the it's the only nerd infested by with nerds. It's the only department within the Yankees front office that expanded at that sort of level. Um, they didn't expand scouts. Uh, they probably reduced scouts, if if oh, anything. Yeah. What do they know? Um, and so yeah, the the over reliance on this stuff, and yeah, bringing in some outside voices that do have more of that traditional baseball knowledge is great. But those changes don't happen instantly. Like like we were talking, you know, the last few episodes analyzing your process and maybe maybe changing your analytics approach or, or things like that. That's all great. Changing your minor league coaching. That's all great. That's going to take time to feel the impact of that. Those are changes for the medium to long term, not for the 2024 Yankees. You don't feel the impacts in 2024 of that. You're right. Well, <clears throat> Not, not in the way that you're saying it. I think again, we we had this discussion. I think you last, might add a player. Podcast. You might add a player. You might add a player to the roster, to, but like, you change approach. You can but change the approach. roster, but but the approach, uh, the roster is there's so many guys on this roster. We're going to talk about some of the arbitration players, but there's so many pieces on this roster that aren't going anywhere. Those no, players are that, those I players. Think, I do think that they're they're there's raw talent in the in a way that you can change some approach to get better. Results. I guess you change. You could change Volpe's approach. You could change some other other young guys. You, you're going to be changing uh, DJ LeMahieu's approach. You're going to be changing Anthony Rizzo's approach. You're going to be changing Giancarlo Stanton's approach. No, those guys are well. The first two guys, I don't veterans. want to change their approach. Yeah. But you know, you get what I'm saying. Like yes. a guy's 33 years old. It's harder not- to make. You can't make immediate change. It's like yes, it's turning a cruise boat. It takes time. Yeah. Although those things are getting pretty damn nimble. I don't know if you've seen them recently. <laughs> They spin like I haven't seen cruise ships turn. Well, I have. Scott. What are you port. watching? I saw him. You see in port. What ports are you visiting? It was nor- I saw it in the north, the port of Norfolk, and I was. It was. Uh, it was a. It was a. I forget what cruise line it was, but all of a sudden it started turning, in one place. It started pivoting. I'm like, yes. what is happening? How is it doing that? And yeah, they got propulsion jets all over the damn place and they can actually turn the damn thing in place. Pretty impressive. Well, maybe That's it's like turning a, a big ass yellow school bus because those things still don't turn well. Those are difficult. It's amazing that school buses really haven't, 
you know, uh, advanced in technology now that I'm thinking. That's a good point. Why? There only are children in there. Why not get a better bus? Well, they have seatbelts now. Do they? Are they used? No one's looking at that. But I promise there. you, I kept, got on the bus today, walked <laughs> didn't four put the, rows didn't back. Put I guarantee he did not use the seat, his seatbelt. Well, I promise you that the, the the bus driver was not asking and paying attention to see if he put on his seatbelt. Well, uh, at least they're there because when I was riding the school bus, there were no seatbelts and we used to sit in the back and anytime there was a bump, we used to launch ourselves in the air and see if we can hit the ceiling. Yeah. It's still the case. I remember a few years back uh, when the when MetLife, this is, I don't know, when, whenever MetLife was there, went to a Jets Patriots game and the parking lot was completely demolished. They could, you couldn't park. So they had us like parking in uh, office buildings in like Karlstadt. And they bust us to the stadium in school buses. I was like, I haven't nice. been one of these in a while. It's exactly the same. It's the same. <laughs> it's the same. This is this is like uh, the the Seinfeld with George. It's like Costanza the New York Yankees like, back office. It's exactly you know, the same. It's like how uh, Costanza is like. You know what hasn't changed? Toilet paper, and it's <laughs> not going to change for the next hundred years. <laughs> and then Jerry's like, they got so they got double ply, they got soft, they got extra soft innovation. Anyway. Boy, we haven't heard much from the Yankees. You, you Google Yankees news and it's just a bunch of speculation and, and people are reminiscing about the, the players who are still playing in the playoffs that used to be Yankees because there's no yeah. active Yankees playing in the playoffs. Yeah. I, I predicted maybe a, a, a Tuesday or Wednesday of this week press conference. I thought we'd at least have like a Brian Cashman is going to meet with the media on Thursday afternoon or something, but absolutely crickets. I at this point don't know if we're going to hear anything. It's wild the fact that they just gone completely silent here. Let's let's take a step back real quick and, and look what's happening in baseball because there are some some interesting things that are happening. We got our our guy Jordan Montgomery moving forward, Nathan Avaldi also moving forward. Chappy, the, the, the Chappy, the Texas Rangers look legit. Uh, they got hot at the right time. Not a single win from an AL East playoff team. Yeah, that's wild. And that's so wild. what we it, were, it also we were, goes back to the fact that like I do believe that if you are if you get the the first round by and have a great regular season, you're actually at a disadvantage and that's why we see some of these wild card teams come in with such hot with, with steam because they're they have so much momentum behind them and they're used to playing every day, sitting for a week, not great for baseball players. Do, yeah, we've talked about this. Do you so this is the second year of the three game wild card series? I don't know if I like it. I think I might like the one game wild card better because it also doesn't create the problem of of the the first round buys sitting for seven, six seven days. For that reason, I don't like it. I, I I've I've said this a hundred times though. I I don't really I don't like uh, having baseball come down to one game and one but game only. I you understand that. You there's been eight games, seven or a game five, and that's one game, but you still have to play the other. But one. they're still wild card teams, so they played a whole. You didn't win your division, so like yeah, there, I get there's it. there. But do you realize that of the eight three game wild card series, the winner of game one has won all eight of them, oh, really? and only only one of them has even gone to a game three. But the winner hmm. of game one won that. So I mean, it's still decided in the first game. It's just not a do or die. Yeah, I understand. I mean. I guess you still have a, a a chance. It feels like you have a chance at least, uh, and you can you can line yourself up a little bit better. But yeah, I mean, look, the the, the wild card teams are are cruising right now. Texas uh, obviously just beat uh, Baltimore last night, so they're eliminated. Which great season, Baltimore ahead of schedule. Really, uh, they'll they'll take this and and probably learn. They need from pitching. It. They need us. They need a starting they, pitcher. I'm 
And they're they're I wouldn't be surprised if they went out and and made a move. I mean, this team is ready to win right now. They're gonna now, be so. in on Yamamoto? They're gonna make a splash for Yamamoto? Yeah, I think I think anything's on the table. Are they gonna Honestly, trade for they one have of the money. Pitchers, it's not like they don't the have money. Pitchers? They do have money. Yeah, they have money. So I wouldn't be surprised. Diamondbacks also uh look like they're up 2-0 on on the Dodgers. That's surprising. Um, that that surprised me. That's a team that that came out of in my, I mean, I, I they were not Kershaw. on my radar as being a team that was going to compete. I was talking about this yesterday with Tyler Chin, uh, who's a Giants fan, and um, he he'll die on the Mad Bum always better than than Clayton Kershaw Hill. Uh, yeah, but Kershaw, um, got lit. Kershaw oh. how is how do you think Kershaw is going to be? He's obviously a first ballot Hall of Famer. I mean, he's had one of the best pitching regular season careers in history, so he's a first ballot Hall of Famer. And and the, I've we've seen the stats. He's had so many playoff appearances and so many playoff games he has had good playoff games but his overall record and overall era and performance in the playoffs is not good and yet again he got lit up in, in another playoff game how do you think kershaw is going to be remembered you know 20 years from now he's going to be remembered as an all-time great but there's always going to be that conversation about how he didn't perform and what could have been i think with this with these dodger teams they won in 2020 2020 they, and so they Kershaw, were the champs. Yeah. Kershaw also in that playoffs, I'm pulling it up right now. I don't think pitched well. They they obviously won the World Series the COVID year, but postseason pitching in 2020, he did not pitch well. He had a 4.50 ERA in in the AL uh, in the NLDS, a 7.20 ERA in the NLCS, and he did pitch well in the World Series. He had a 2.3 in two starts. He pitched in relief too, didn't he? He came in and, and had a good – no, he closed the game out. No, he had two two appearances in the World Series, two games started, 11 and two-thirds innings pitched, three – He closed the game points. out in one of the series at one point. I don't remember um, the details, but the uh, yeah. So there, and then and then obviously Houston and Minnesota. Minnesota got off the Schneid, got a victory. They needed the Yankees to not make the World Series or the playoffs for that to happen. So congratulations to them. You mentioned that you were you felt a little weird and guilty for for uh, for rooting for the Twins. I cannot root for the Twins because their shortstop is named Carlos Correa. So I cannot root for them. If he if he was not there, I would probably. I would probably have been pulling for them just because, you know, I want them to win uh, while the Yankees are not around. So get that get out of the way. You know, I believe in do um, and everybody. I keep getting uh, messages in all platforms saying that that I look like Rocco Baldelli. It happens. Well, you know why? All the you know time. why I'm kind of rooting for the for the Rock, Rocco Baldelli, the pride of Rhode Island. <laughs> Yeah, but they still have Carlos Correa as their shortstop. It's true, but I don't know. It's just that they hadn't won a playoff game in freaking decades. So it was like, ah, cool. They the won a playoff game. Cool. Now's the time. And like, it literally anyone, I'll, I'll root for anyone, not the Astros, to win. Right, that's true. Um, although it makes it, I, I feel because Carlos Correa. It's yeah, like, yeah, there's a. I'm really conflicted on that one because I really don't like him, and uh, I really don't like him. But, but. The Astros, well, and the so Astros are the a Astros, different team now. Like Bregman's, they the only are, one. but at the same time, the Astros continuing to win further supports twin uh, uh, Astros fans' arguments that the cheating did not matter in their winning. Clearly, they're good at ta talent evaluation. Clearly, they know how to develop players. Clearly, they know how to win at the major league level because they keep fucking doing it every year. It's true. It's a good segue back to analytics because they do know how to develop uh, talent and identify talent, but they use a blended approach. It's not first of all they they were bad for a very long time and stockpiled picks. Oh, they they same they with Tampa. Tanked. They did the same. Thing. They came over when they came over to the American League. They were they had like 
multiple seasons of like 90 plus losses, 100 plus losses. Didn't they set the record for worst record yeah. in the American League in one of their first years? So they sucked and then they drafted. They drafted well because mm -hmm. sucking is one thing in any sport. You got to execute. on. You got to draft well. Yeah. You can't draft first overall and just, oh, it's a slam dunk. Every I mean, time. look at Baltimore. Baltimore. Baltimore has chock full of young guys and you probably Baltimore their best prospect. Let's also realize Baltimore didn't suck for that long. No, 20, but they did well when they did. They they did really well with their players when they did. 2018, uh, Baltimore was a contender. 2019, they went into that season with Machado thinking they're going to contend. They sold it feels that so much longer. Uh, but it feel because, longer? because COVID has aged us all in dog years. Yeah. But basically, they went into 2019 thinking we can maybe be a wild card team, which they weren't. But so really you have 2020, 2021, 2020. No, because they were better than they thought last year. They had two years of sucking. Well, they haven't had pitching in forever. So pitching has always been their problem. Yet they also do, they did all this and uh, they have a stud waiting for next they, year. They've Jackson got, Holiday. they've got a, they've got a, a, like a, a stable of young talent on the major league roster and a stockpile of young talent in the minor leagues still. Is is Holiday the is he he's the what, top five, right? Top overall prospects. He's up there. He's got it. If not number one. I don't remember. I haven't seen the list recently, but he's he's up there. And dude, that kid looks so freaking legit. The fact that his dad's Matt Holiday. Oh, I you mean, know his extent. training is on point. Yes. And he looks every part. Every, every he looks, he looks the part. And he's you know he's Holiday. not going to be a shithead because Matt Holiday, you you know, he's grounded. Has, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. important for a number one. Hey, Matt Holiday was essential to this team when he came over. When he was 2017, Matt Holiday, massive, massive. Uh, it was a shame he definitely fizzled. Uh, he, he fizzled out towards the end of the seasons, but like early in that year, he was a pretty decent DH for the Yankees, and yeah, yeah, definitely liked his clubhouse presence. I could argue that that he was, you know, instrumental in in Judge's sure. uh, progression and how fast Judge turned around because they were they were also tight. Uh, and and he's he's just one of those guys that that you too want bad he didn't clubhouse. get his paws on Gary Sanchez. It's too bad. It's too bad. Uh, it was he was. Not having it, he couldn't communicate well enough. Not <laughs> not receiving the information to to do the right thing, and you know, go back go back home and actually train or not eat. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 
it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. We were talking about how no ALEs team won a playoff game this year. You just know in the Yankees' offices, they're like, well, see, it's it's a crapshoot once you get to the playoffs. doesn't matter how many regular season games you win, how many division titles you win. It's like it's whoever gets hot at the right time. So we're right there. We make a couple changes. We're going to be in the tournament next year. And if we get hot at the right time, beautiful. Yeah, I don't even want to It's nauseating, isn't that. it? It's, it's disgusting. It's a disgusting <laughs> thought because you're right. And I hate it. Yeah. <laughs> Um, a couple other things from from the playoffs. We were just looking at like the the managers. Definitely, you know, all of the teams remaining: Bruce Bochy with the Rangers, Dusty Baker with the Astros, Rocco Baldelli. We mentioned with the Twins, Brian uh, Snit. This is a hard. I, Snitaker. I Snitaker. I always fuck that name up. Brian Snitaker with Atlanta. Rob Thompson, who we obviously know with, with best the baseball guy in the organization, probably. But these best are all- baseball guy in the organization that that was let go. Uh, that had run the minor league camp. He was running minor league camp since like 96 or 97, something like that. Uh, like a guy that that knows how to get things out. And along with Girardi, just like, you know, allowed we to walk out the door with that. We laughed at the Bruce Bochy hire when, or sorry, not Bruce Bochy, Dusty Baker hire when the Astros hired. I didn't laugh at that hire. I, I, I kind of mocked it. I thought hire. Dusty Baker was way past his prime. Like, I just thought he was too old and wouldn't be able to, um, relate, I get, but like Walk out to the mound. What do you I mean? don't know, but it's just, it's been clear. Like just because you have a, a traditional baseball guy in the dugout doesn't mean you can't still operate your team in the modern era. I don't era. know why this is a problem. Of course, th- this is such an obvious, I'm not saying, for me. I'm not saying it's a problem. I know, but it's, just it's like, such an obvious duh for me. Like again, it goes back to the cool dad and, and the, and the accountable dad, the dad that, you know, you, you want to make proud. That's a guy that knows the game, has seen the things, has been there, has done that, has managed some of the best players that's ever played the game. And, and I don't know why that would be a, an issue. It's not like, these the young guys coming up aren't also baseball guys. Like yes, they're young, they're a different generation, but it's not like uh, you know just because you're old, you're not open to you know different different ways of communicating and how things. It, this has happened forever, and people adjust. Well, there's also just still things throughout a 162 game season that you have. These are humans playing the game. It's not just computer simulations of numbers. So sometimes guys are going through things and you got to press the right buttons or sometimes you have situations that you have to put players who are capable of executing in the right situation. And when That's a guy who's been there done that before. Yeah. When you have a guy that's been there done that versus a guy who's never been there done that, it's obvious. Yeah. Yeah, he's the guy that'll put his arm around you and and make it okay. You know, like he's, he's that kind of manager. Don't misinterpret what I'm saying that like, oh, Dusty Baker is the reason the Astros are still, no, that Dusty Baker is like the the key to the Astros success post cheating. It's like, no, it's clearly still the talent on the roster, but Dusty Baker has been able to get that talent to where they need to be. And I mean, shit, they're probably going to win again this year because they just keep winning. 
Yeah. Uh, the battle for the state of Texas will be interesting if they get past the twins, which I just assume they will, but that will be a, uh, that'll well, be twins, interesting. The one. twins got their victory. So like they, that's it. They're good. They're, they're good for another two decades. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, and then Philly Atlanta, which is the only one we didn't talk about is just a, I think just going to be a dog fight. Uh, the Phillies playing well and Atlanta is probably the most talented team in baseball. So, uh, that's an interesting one. Yeah. Couple other things we want to talk about, but first, tell you guys again about Game Time, which is our preferred ticketing app because it is the easiest way to buy tickets to whatever you want to go to. And there's so many good things on the Game Time app right now, even though the Yankees are no longer playing. The app has a ton of cool features and is easy to use. It shows you trending tickets, what sections the best deals are in, calls out cheap options and flash sales, and much more so you can make an informed purchase. The app is also just very clean and smooth, very, very intuitive if you've, um, you know, use some other ticketing apps out there. I think game time is the best one. You get images of your seats before you buy. So you know exactly what to expect. The buying process is super fast, two taps and you are done. The tickets then go directly to your phone. So you don't have to dig through emails to find them. That's also key if you're going with friends because you can share them easily from the app. Snag tickets today without stress using game time. Download the game time app, create an account and use code Bronx for $20 off your first purchase. Again, as I said, this is only going to be valid for like another three weeks so don't hesitate arbitration players so where's this from uh trade deadlines uh mlb trade rumors right um where the the estimates are from they always do the arbitration estimates based on comparable players and where they project salaries to be next year yankees have a lot of guys arbitration eligible 17 in total um should we go one by one here or just talk about the ones that like we think are even going to be a question uh, I mean, we I think let's go one by one, but we can probably group some of these as we're going. All right. Well, Glaber Torres is the big one. Um, this is his last year of arbitration. He's projected to make $15.3 million next year Yeah, in arbitration. And the decision will be, and this is something that we'll certainly tackle in our GM episode <laughs> because, you know, one, opinions change, thoughts change as uh, from, from what we've talked about through the season, but they have a decision to be made uh, for, for him at least is... Do they pay him the what fifteen and change, or do they buy out that year essentially and extend him and uh, and and look to, um, you know, invest in Glaber Torres moving forward? It's a it's a significant decision for them this year. I think it's an easy decision, but yeah, I guess that's a decision we'll have to make. Um, Clay Holmes is wow. This is his also last year of arbitration because he's already got five years of service time. Six million next year. So a lot of bullpen guys here. Loizaga. 2.5 million also his last year of arbitration lou trevino last year of arbitration he we haven't seen him Who, who's that he basically since he was traded oh another, is that another in, cashman no, another cashman injury yeah. acquisition that's cool um 4.1 million dollars next year like what's the point of that like what are you gonna pay lou trevino four million dollars for they better not <laughs> they better not <laughs> you know the the <laughs> analytics team across the pond better say no yeah <laughs> yeah across the, um You've got here Higgy, also last year of arbitration, $2.3 million. Franchi Cordero, 1.6. Domingo Herman, 4.4. Like, no, don't want if they, him. I swear to God, don't if they give Domingo Herman $4 million, I will lose my shit. And you can't walk into a season giving Domingo Herman $4 million and then uh, and then and then look around and, and give uh, Cortez less, uh, anybody else, let Michael King less. It's just, uh, 
I understand alcoholism is a serious thing and I hope he gets, he recovers from that, but there's just too much other baggage with Domingo Herman. Send him on his way and wish him all the luck, whatever. I don't care. I don't want him near the Yankees organization. Nestor Cortez, $3.9 million. You, you got to believe that the Yankees players are, are voicing their opinions about that as well, right? I like, hope so. Or ha haven't already. Uh, I mean, we had it with um, Britain. Britain said this in 2019 that's true. about right. Domingo Herman that he basically said, I don't want this guy on the team. Yeah, you're right. This one, this one was different in the sense that it was involving the clubhouse, uh, you know, with, with guys having to. He was mocking a player. I forget which player got. Oh, Marinaccio, who right. was getting sent down. He was mocking a player getting sent down, which has got to be one of the most devastating things for a young player. Yeah. Absolute D bag. Nestor Cortez, three point nine million. Yep. Hopefully he's healthy. I don't know. What are you gonna say about Nestor? Trevino, two point seven million. The catching situation is gonna be interesting. What they do because they've got Trevino and Higgy in arbitration, and obviously um, Rortvet is on the roster. But like, do they go out and acquire a catcher, or are they content once again going into it with? A defensive core at catcher. Well, I think I mean Austin Wells is absolutely going to be uh, part of this decision. It's, he's going to be in the mix for starting yeah. the season in in with the with the major league team. He's sure. probably. I mean, if you're if you were to predict something, I, I would predict that he is going to be on the major league roster <clears throat> with in, Trevino on the active roster. Yeah, one of the one of the two. I think they have to make they have to make a decision between uh, between Higgy and Trevino. But I, I don't. No, that's 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 an that's an easy decision in my opinion. Maybe maybe it's Higgy, not as Higgy clean. was even talking about that like he kind of knows that it's, this was his last year. Yeah, I mean it it it, make, it would make a lot of sense. You've seen this in the past with uh with backup catchers who have you know gotten to the end of arbitration. They they get dealt or they uh, don't. Michael King, two point six million dollars. If he is a starting pitcher next year, first of all, great value. And if he is a starting pitcher and has a decent year, his arbitration is going to go up significantly the following year. So, so do you look to lock Michael him King. up? Do you look to do? Do you look? Do you look at Michael King and and see Luis Severino and try to work a work an extension deal? No, I would say you see what he can do as a starting pitcher first. Like give him, give him this year as a starting because realistically next year in arbitration he's if he is a decent starting pitcher it goes up to like six million dollars or something like that so you're not like killing yourself it goes up to six to eight million dollars at that point you could look at a Sevy Sevy deal here's five years you know four he would be a hard million. contract to understand just because he is in the middle of of positions yeah. right now yeah um I don't know Clark Schmidt is also on here too. Ryan Weber's on the list they yeah, won't great. but he'll be back at some point Jake and Bowers they love Jake Bowers you know Jake Bowers will be back yeah Schmidt's there uh, Abreu no thank you yeah there's a so, lot of no thank yous on this list too of the 17 there's like definitely seven right off the bat you can give the Frances a hand wave to and then <laughs> of the remaining 10 it's it's like there's a question on a lot of them I think there's like five guaranteeds bring back on this list who are your guarantees? Glaber's a guarantee. Glaber, Clay, Clay Holmes, Holmes is a guarantee. Um, Nestor Cortez. I think was I think I think Loisaga is a guarantee. That's not a guarantee for me. I think uh, at that Jose, at that at that cost, I think he is a guarantee. Jose Jose Trevino, uh, Michael King, and Clark Schmidt. So I guess six guarantees for me. And if you want to throw Loisaga in there, which I would not throw as a guarantee, I don't know what Loisaga has done other than get injured. 
that makes him a guaranteed to spend two and a half million bucks on. You can yeah. find another bullpen arm that's as good as Jonathan Loisaga. And you don't think did you say Nestor or no? I said Nestor. Okay. So I have six six guarantees. All right. Yeah. Six, seven would Glaber, Holmes, Cortez, King, Schmidt, Trevi- Jose Trevino are my six guaranteed bring back. Yeah. The other only other one would be Loisa God that I believe will come back. No, I'm saying I believe. I'm not saying I don't think Loisaga will be back. I'm, I guess I'm what I'm speaking of. A little teaser for our GM episode. Those are the six guys I'm bringing back. <laughs> Got you. Uh, the last thing I wanted to talk about is Giancarlo Stan. I don't know why this popped in my head, but I was like, at what point? Like, how much money would have to be left before the Yankees seriously consider just? eating the contract because there was a lot of reports recently that uh, the Red Sox are serious contenders for signing Shohei Otani. I, I don't know how accurate those reports are, but serious I, contenders for going after him. I don't know if it's necessarily serious for actually landing him. If you listen to why Otani doesn't want to sign with the Yankees, it would be similar reasons why he wouldn't want to sign with the Red Sox. Apparently the reason I was reading why he is interested in Boston is because he is very close with the New Balance CEO and New Balance is headquartered in Boston. That's random as shit. Okay. It's very random as shit. But I also have seen out of Boston that the Red Sox, they were like, where would we play Otani? Because they've got multiple guys who are already DHs. And exactly. It's like you figure it out. And I know the conversation for the Yankees is going to be, where would we play Otani? We've already got we play Bryce Harper. Oh, we don't. (laughs) We don't have a we don't have a we don't have a spot for him. Exactly. Exactly. If the player is good, you find a spot for him. Shahe Otani is arguably the best hitter in baseball. Right there with Judge. You stick him number three behind Aaron Judge in a lineup and you ask questions later. Yes. Yes. And then at some point he's also on your in your rotation. And that's the that's the complete wild card here. Is is a team going to pay him a guaranteed contract as if he's going to start pitching in 2025? Or is a contract going to be contingent upon him returning to the mound? Because those are two very different values. If he's just a DH and he's just an MVP caliber hitter, certainly valuable, certainly big contract, but it's not half a billion dollars like we're talking about. I got a question. If you are in, if you're Otani and in Otani's camp right now, do you go out not seeking a long-term deal? Do you go out seeking a short-term deal, understanding that your value is going to be significantly different once your arm is rehabbed fully and you're able to, uh, you know, go to market as a pitcher and a hitter? Because this injury was at the worst possible timing for him. Worst possible. So it, it would timing. need to be a two-year deal because he's going to need to prove he can get back on the mound and pitch. And he's talking. I don't about even get- know if he needs to be, prove it. I think he does nah. a, a showcase. No, and, I think and then to, I think you need to prove it. Either way, it's short term. I'm, I'm I'm looking at yeah, two years, two years, third year option type thing, whatever player option. And no, that I way think- he's able to uh, control his his destiny a hell of a lot more. And if that's the case, you're looking at like you know Scherzer type money. Uh, for who's for, is Otani's not a Boris guy, right? Not Can someone look that up. <laughs> well, you got a Boris, um, whatever the there hell. There are plenty he of guys the, who are like, oh, what was, a free agent. Let what me, was let the Boris contract Boris. term for the for the oh, honeypot? Honeypot, something like that. Where you have a opt out after the second year for Otani, 
where the team would have could lock him in. So Otani gets a 10 year deal, uh, but it's an opt out after the t- player opt out after the 2025 season, which is two years. The team could lock him in for the remainder of the contract by guaranteeing a certain AAV. And if they don't do that, Otani can hit the free agent market again. And well, I mean, the, the, the discrepancy in the contracts, though, would have to be significant because of the delta between the contacts would have to be significant because of the fact that he's going to play another position. Yeah, so it's like his first two at a, seasons. At a, at a Cy Young level. So his first two seasons, he'll make uh, $35 million bucks, And then- He's not making he, under 40. Okay, but but what I'm saying is just as a hitter, he's a 35 to 40. I mean, Aaron Judge got, what was his AAV? 36 point or 30. So, Judge, so Otani will get- But Otani doesn't, but Otani doesn't play the field. Okay, it's, it's going to be, okay. Call it thirty-eight million, which is about what Judge got to hit. Then, if he comes back and pitches, and you want to opt him into that portion when he's a two-way player, then it's fifty million dollars. He's with CAA for now, and so I think uh, if you're the Yankees, you have to be seriously considering Shohei Otani because you would be fools not to. I don't know if Otani would ever sign in New York. That's that's not what I'm discussing here i'm saying you do not let the stanton contract which is four years and a team option for 2028 118 million dollars remaining of which miami is paying 30 million dollars you do not let that stop you from signing potentially the greatest player since babe ruth one thousand percent you cannot not especially not being the new york yankees with under understanding how much how uh how much they i mean it's it's pretty easy analysis for me too. If you're if you're even Hal Steinbrenner, if you're looking at, you know, uh, the, a cost analysis for a guy like Otani coming into New York, it's oh my god, the, it's the, worth the it. merchandise, the streaming merchandising, into Japan, merchandising. That the contract gets paid for in like seven months. <laughs> yeah, so it's a no brainer. It's a no no brainer at prop. You have really Hideki Matsui call. come to the press conference. You bring back Tanaka. Why not? Look, that's I mean, that that alone, the 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 marketability of that player alone drives the cost up on the field. Uh, he does. He's different. And I don't think the Yankees are gonna sign Shohei Otani. That's not what I don't I'm think saying. so either, but I think it's prime largely gonna be because Otani doesn't want to come here. No, I, I disagree. I, I think that's I don't think I mean I think I think it's gonna break down the conversation is what I mean. I don't think it's gonna get uh, far because But of- I don't I think even if Otani was if Otani said, I want to come to New York, you don't think that they would do a deal? I do think that they would do a deal. I think that they would figure that out. Again, for the all, all the things I just said, it's not just baseball. Well, Otani would never say, I want to come to New York. I'm just saying, that if that were as clear as that. But if Otani said, I'm open to the highest bidder, basically, I don't think the Yankees would be the highest bidder. Yeah, that's a shame. I think they would have a price. They would be in on it because if they weren't in on it, it would be bad PR. But I think they would have a price, and that price they would know is not going to get the deal done. But they were in on it. That's what you call dumb. Yep. Heyman reported the Yankees not likely in on Otani. Um, Otani doesn't Come like on. pitching in Yankee Stadium. Yeah, he has got rocked every time he's pitched in Yankee Stadium. But you know what he would like? Hitting bombs to the right field porch. <laughs> oh, it would look so good. It would look so good. Yeah. And uh, instead, the Yankees are, they're going to, I'm not saying they will use the Stanton contract as an excuse why, but it will be yet another factor part of here the narrative. as to why the Yankees did not 
sign Bryce Harper, did not go after Manny Machado's because they made the decision to go after or to take on Giancarlo Stanton, which was going to be cheaper than those players because Miami is paying a little bit of that contract. And it's <clears throat> now what we're left with is a league average offensive player who can't play the outfield, who can't run the bases. Dude, he he's league average. Well, he's worse than advanced, he was. He's he worse was than worse league than average. league average this year. But like, best case scenario for next year is what he plays 120 games and hits 20 home 25 home runs and hits two. Best case scenario for John Carlos Stanton is 25 home runs. Is that what you just said? How many did he hit this year? Best case for John Carlos Stanton, if you're saying 120 games, I mean. He's By best, oh, sorry, I meant realistic best case scenario. Best case scenario is he's the MVP again. That's not going to happen. He hit 24 home runs this year. How many plate appearances? How many games? Guys are looking that up. But but a realistic best case scenario for him, he had 371 at bats. That's not a lot of at bats. Uh, half. <laughs> so he played in uh, 101 games. So a realistic best case scenario for Giancarlo Stanton next year is like 130 games played. So he does probably miss some time, maybe one. 35 IL to stint. 40 home runs. 35 home runs. That's not realistic. I don't think. I With how he looked this year, you think forty home runs is realistic for him? I think. I think he hasn't hit forty home runs with the Yankees in any season. I said thirty-five to forty. I said oh. thirty-five is probably closer. Again, like just go to Joey Gallo's baseball card, and that's what I think. Because that's right, where he is. Stanton, Stanton has not. Oh, <laughs> that's Joey Gallo is realistic best case scenario for John Carlos Stanton, whose career high with the Yankees in home runs is twenty eighteen at thirty eight. He hit thirty. What's, but what's Joey Gallo been the last three years? Four years. He's not been that. The, he's not been the, the guy that he was in Texas with home run power. I don't know. I, I don't care. Don't even look it up. It doesn't matter. So the last thing that we looked at for this is like, at what point would the Yankees consider eating the rest of the Stanton contract? And it seems like two years left on these massive deals is when teams bite the bullet. Adrian Gonzalez was was let, let go with two years and 44 million. Bumgarner was released with two years and 34 million. The Red Sox released Pablo Sandoval with two years and 18 million AAV. The Orioles released Chris Davis with two years. They ended up getting a little bit of a break because one of the years was COVID, so they got a little bit of a discount there. But it seems like two years left is when, and the Yankees did it with Hicks, two years left. Not that Hicks' contract was comparable to any of those guys, but it's hard for teams to justify and i would say for what i mean is for general managers to justify to the owner you're going to be paying this guy for the next three or four years and he's not going to be playing for us so i know there's been speculation about you know flipping him for a, a player and another bad contract essentially so that a longer bad contract or maybe it's not even a terrible contract but it's a longer contract that a team understands that they're not ready for this is similar to what i was saying last year with donaldson and uh uh with colorado and chris bryant uh similar like setup like that those are pipe dreams i think i don't know if they're necessarily plausible or or doable but you'd also have to have a willing participant on the other end that also understands that Stan's they're not there no and they're trade. not going to be there in the next five years. Stanton's got a no trade. Well, cross that bridge, I guess, but he doesn't yeah. like going places. He doesn't want to go. He doesn't like being. <clears throat> and and I, I listen, does he love playing in New York? I have no idea. I don't think he is 
uncomfortable playing in New York, despite the fact that he struggled in getting booed. He stands up and answers all the questions. Um, I think he's probably content with playing out the rest of his contract in New York. I mean, I would with he's not going to. Yes, I, I I agree. He doesn't get phased by the media. And he believes he's two tweaks away. So, you know. But uh, what you do is for the Yankees, you say, okay, Stanton, yep, we know you're not going to be the Giancarlo Stanton of 2017 or even 2018. We're going to still sign Shohei Otani and have him DH, and you're going to just play the outfield for as much as you can until you go on the IL. Yeah, it's just it, it's a problem for roster construction, which is a huge problem for the Yankees. It, it becomes a bigger problem with Don't roster construction. Don't let that stop you but it's- from signing Shohei Otani. The, so the solution for that, there's a, there's always a solution for problems. You just have to find them. You have to be creative, and and it is a, it involves eating a lot of money. Okay, but you got to do that to open up a spot. You can't just have him, you know, rotting away on where where you could add another player. No, that he would, fit he would the be team an outfielder. Better. He's going to play the outfield. Okay, he would be I, a he would be a he would be a problem. He would be a problem why? with the puzzle. Because he can't play out there all the time. He exactly. Can't play, he can't so, do the things that another player that would do a role player that would fit the team that 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 could actually help them win and not be a you know a bad at bat and a bad at bat and a limited outfielder. So what you do who is can't run. Man, I'm getting into my GM plans a little bit too much. You you play Giancarlo Stanton in the outfield until he injures himself, and then you have insurance pick up the contract because he broke it. Yeah, but I don't know if you can get insurance policies now. Understanding how he's run, if I'm an insurance, if I'm an insurance auditor, I'm looking at that man running. I'm like, you want to get more on him? That's going to cost a lot of money. That's going to cost a lot of money. I've seen how he ran. I saw how he played last year. I know what you're up to. I know what you're doing. Well, it'll be. I was going to say it'll be interesting this this offseason. It's not going to be interesting. The Yankees are not going to be. The Yankees will be in headlines for Shohei Otani because that will get clicks. But I do not truly believe they will be in on Shohei Otani. Unfortunately, if you are Shohei Otani and Shohei Otani's camp, you want to get those clicks. Also of course. To, so yes, they will be a participant in the air. Who knows if they will be uh, an actual? Maybe they'll surprise us. Maybe they'll surprise us. Maybe Stan was a surprise. Can, can Didn't they, see that one coming? Can they bring in an an outside firm that the only thing they say is Otani sign Smith. Shohei Otani? <laughs> Generational talent. <laughs> Good, good idea good to sign that player. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. All right. Well, that's going to wrap up today's show. Anything else you want to chat about before we get out of here? I would love to hear from the the New York. Yankees oh, would you? Would you? Would you like to hear yeah, what they have to say? Okay. Yeah, and I would love to come back on, you know, before next week and talk about it if that's uh, if that does happen. I would love that. So, Brian, do you want to pick a new date for when we're going to hear from him? Mine's come and gone. Do you want to pick a new day? Oh, mine's way gone. So no, it doesn't. No, I'm not going to. I'm not playing that game with them. Will anymore, we hear know? from them before the World Series is over? <laughs> oh, my God. I I hope so. Because I, you I, know what they could be doing is they could. Waiting they could, for baseball to be gone. Uh-huh. They could say where we have decisions. We needed to. We needed to wait until all of the. um all of the cards were, were whatever that phrase is. We needed everything to be settled before we could make our decisions. And now we're ready to talk. Yeah. Yeah. They need to, they need to look at things that they're not going to use. Will will we go trick or treating before we hear from the Yankees? <laughs> we bet we better not. We better not. Yeah. So hopefully it's soon. All right. We'll talk to you guys soon or next week. 
Later. Hey guys, thanks for listening to the Bronx Pinstripe Show. Make sure you find us on iTunes and subscribe so you can get all new episodes directly onto your phone. If you do like the show, we'd love for you to take a minute and give us a five-star rating and review in iTunes. It really helps us out and allows us to create more shows. We're on Twitter at Bronx Pinstripes and the same on Facebook. You can always find us there talking Yankee baseball. Thanks again, guys, for your support. Really appreciate it. And go Yankees. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.